0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 1099.
1: I'm telling you, it's just incredible to watch. It's like dominoes. You know, you see one neighborhood that was considered rough or the bad neighborhood or whatever else. And somebody goes and invests 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred thousand dollars into a property there. And then all of a sudden somebody else does. And then somebody else does. And then all of a sudden it turns into the hip, new, cool area. And all of a sudden it's different. And that's because we went out there and we found them. I mean, it is so rewarding being the people that are on the ground, you know, face-to-face, knee-to-knee, belly-to-belly with these property owners, and then seeing from just having one conversation from a call to it getting totally fixed up and revitalizing the whole area. By the way, when prices in neighborhoods go up, property taxes go up. And when property taxes go up, that's when schools get better. That's when security gets better. That's when sanitation gets better. Step number one, after you have listened to the podcast, after you have watched YouTube videos, after you've talked to some people that are real estate investors, is to start taking action. Once you start taking action, you realize that you can do this. You can go out there and you can truly make an impact in your community. You can go and find these properties that are in distress. You can have a conversation, a quality conversation with the property owner, and you can put that property under contract. Once you do that, you have an option, right? You have one of three options. You can flip that house. You could buy it and clean it up and invest into that property and flip it. You can hold that property, right? Clean it up, hold that property, or you can assign your rights to purchase that property. And that's what we call wholesaling. And that's the whole premise of this podcast is to go out there and build a healthy bank account. So the next step, once you are past step number one of taking that action and doing all these things and finding those deals, step number two is to replace your job, right? So imagine that you have a nine to five, you're working it all the time. You're working this job. You went to school for it. You've been educated. You got a job. You're in the flow. You're making $90,000 a year, but it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. There's something inside you that says, you know what, I do not want to work for somebody else the rest of my life. I just have a different feeling. I want to have the control. So the next step is to get out of that nine to five and to control your schedule and to own your own time. And that's the story of this incredible wholesaler out of Cincinnati, Ohio. He was in IT. He was an accountant, went into IT He was setting up all these accounting systems. His company wanted him to do a project that he had absolutely no interest in doing, and he made a decision to go full-time into real estate, and the only reason he was able to do that is because he was able to pay for his responsibilities and his bills through his efforts in real estate, and it's an incredible story, and it's my pleasure to bring to the podcast Nate Squires from Cincinnati, Ohio. Nate, how are you?
0: Good, Brent. How are you
1: doing? I am fantastic. And before I get yelled at by Darren, our uh, incredible podcast producer, my name is Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP. I'm the host of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And uh, let's rip and run into this. Let's tear this whole thing apart. I mean, one college baseball player got a degree, right? I mean, Um, you were on the path of that normal, get good grades, get a good job play some sports, stay in shape, protect your health, all these things. You got the job. And then what? What happened then?
0: Yeah, I just, I hated it, man. I hated working in the corporate nine to five and then answering to somebody else, right? So, man, I, I guess what happened was I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think that's what got me into real estate. Yep. So started buying rentals. I mean, that that went okay, but it wasn't bringing in enough enough income for me to quit my job. I actually saw an Instagram post by Nick Camarada like a couple years ago right, about this wholesaling thing. I, I've heard of it, but I didn't think you'd actually make make money. So, you know, messaged him. He introduced me to Wholesaling TTP and, yeah, just hit the ground running last year. Started wholesaling.
1: That is awesome. By the way, Nick Camrata is an incredible wholesaler out of Tampa. Uh, definitely look him up if you're in Florida. And he does, every single week, he does uh, an hour and a half of creative finance support calls in our group in our in our private coaching group and just absolutely adds so much value so a big shout out to nick uh and you also played baseball with him yeah yeah i mean you guys were teammates isn't that interesting though nate right you read rich dad poor dad and then all of a sudden it's like that activation right in your brain the antenna goes up and then you start looking around and then all of a sudden you start seeing people that you know in real estate and you're like, "Wait a second, I could just reach out to this person and see if it's real. See if it's tangible. You know what I mean? See if it's something that is really profitable or is it just all, you know, kind of fake and all flexing. You know what I mean?" And uh, you reached out to one of the best of the best Nick and the, and here we are. And you started, I mean, by the way, for everybody listening and watching, the last 3 months, Nate here, 45,000 closed income, 52,000 closed income. Forty-five thousand closed income. When you go ninety straight days of closing over forty thousand dollars, your brain changes. Do you agree, Nate? Yeah. Do you start looking at uh, at money and finances and opportunities differently?
0: Yeah, completely differently. Yeah, and I, I would say even you know once you get that first twenty k wholesale check, right? Which which I got at my while I was still working my job, and then you know I'm working. I'm sitting at work like. What are we doing here? Right. Like uh you know, I just made twenty K for about two hours of work and you know, monthly I get like six or seven K deposited in my bank account. This makes no sense. So the last three months have been nuts. Um, uh, the last year's been crazy. So and I think it's only gonna get better from here. So
1: well, and that's with everybody saying that, you know, inflation's up, interest rates are up, the market's crashing, all these things, and you're having the best financial ninety days that you've ever had and and building. And your pipeline's still going, and you're still closing on deals. You've got two flips going on right now. You own 18 doors with two other partners. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. But before we really – I want to go back to something because I think it's important. It's kind of rare on this podcast to talk about. But you started out with kind of the rich dad, poor dad, bigger pockets model of go out and buy rental properties. Mm -hmm. And you quickly discovered that those rental properties were not going – to replace your income and be able to live off those right away. And, and, and it's a really important thing to note that if you are buying rental properties to live off of the cash flow, you're doing it wrong. Okay. You're doing it wrong because you are going to get heartbroken. You are going to get heartbroken when the roof needs to be replaced, right? When there's something going on with the foundation. When a tenant totally destroys the property and you have to remodel it. When they stop paying and you can't evict them for 90 days or six months or whatever else. And it like totally destroys your lifestyle. So if you're going to buy rentals, that's fantastic. But learn how to source really discounted properties first. Get the income from that coming in and then start going in and buying those rental properties and advancing into doing flips and these other things that you're talking about, right, Nate?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better. But yeah, I, I was doing the whole rich dad, poor dad, you know, try to get as much cash flow as possible. But, you know, when you don't have, I mean, if you're bringing in a ton of money, that makes sense. But, you know, if you're making 80, 90K, like, Right, you know, a normal worker, right? That you can't, you can't build up a rental portfolio that fast, right? So you need to start sourcing better deals, right, and and get your income at a high enough level to where it makes sense to, you know, start taking down properties and then build your cash.
1: So were you were you just working your job and using that job to be able to get the loans to purchase these rentals?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I was just working working my nine to five, and then on the side, we'd pick up a few rental properties every year since like twenty eighteen we started started getting yeah. into it. Um And I thought that was a good model for a year or two, and then just you know quickly realized that yeah, it was like you said, a roof goes, uh, right? A tenant moves out because of COVID. Say so they can't pay anymore, mm-hmm. right? Things like that. Yeah, you're really not making as much money as you thought you were going to be be making, right? So it really doesn't replace your income. Well, it's a
1: long-term strategy, and I think the best thing with rentals is to consider the cash flow. Just put it into a fund for renovations and updating the property and don't really live off it until you can really pay down the debt and, and really get to the point. I think that you should buy twice as many rentals, hold them for a long time, sell half of them, pay the other half off, and now you're living the life. But that takes time. It really takes time. And I think a lot of people understand that you have to own a lot of properties to be able to afford the lifestyle that, that we want, especially as entrepreneurs. So it's just, the reason I bring this up is it's, you know, Nate here has 18 properties before before you did a wholesale deal, right?
0: Yeah, I owned probably 18 properties before I did a wholesale deal. And just, yeah, it was frustrating. Like but,
1: And how much more money have you made from wholesaling than you have from your rentals?
0: Yeah. Lifetime. Lifetime, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've probably done close to 250, uh, maybe 250,000 from right wholesaling and then lifetime from rentals. I don't, I don't even know because we put so much money back into the properties, fixing them up. Yep. probably about a thousand, maybe 1500 bucks a month is what, what I take home from those,
1: right? So it's 18 grand a year for a few years is not 250,000. No, it's just not. So Awesome. I love that we're having this discussion because it's really, really important because uh, I think people fall in love with the idea of having a big portfolio, but there's a reason why 85% of the deals that we do are from tired landlords because they get exhausted mm-hmm. and they're not pouring the money back into the property or you know, they just they haven't updated it. They've owned it for a long time. They've done a really good job of keeping it as an asset, but now it's just done for them and, and they want to get rid of it. So how do you find your deals, Nate? How do you go out there and you find these incredible deals that you do, you know, quarter million dollars? I mean, you and I started working together in May of 2021, mm-hmm. great market at the time, everything going bananas, ton of cash buyers. June 15th, a lot of the cash buyers pulled back in a lot of the, the markets uh, because um, the, the, the flips that they had weren't moving. And so how do you find these deals? What did you do to go out there and find a quarter million dollars of deals in the last you know, year to 16 months.
0: Yeah, so we, we do a lot of driving for dollars. I was, I think my first probably five or 10 deals were probably, yeah, 10 deals, I think, we're driving for dollars. But yeah, I got- I real, gotten... real
1: quick, Nate, if, if somebody just fell in, on to this planet and had no idea what driving for dollars are, can you please describe what that means?
0: Yeah, so basically I just drive around the neighborhoods of Cincinnati and um, Northern Kentucky, right? And I have an app called Deal Machine um, that I use. and And I'll just- Basically, yeah, I drive through those neighborhoods and pin just any ugly house I see. And now I got a guy that, that drives for me, but yeah, he just pins, pins those houses. And then we skip trace them, call those, call those leads and, um, and text those leads. And that's pretty much how I built the whole business. Um, you know, we'll pull lists sometimes, but driving for dollars has, has been great for us.
1: So you get the list, you get their phone numbers, you call them up. And what do you say?
0: Yeah, pretty much just what you consider an offer on the property, right? It's it's that simple. Yeah. You know, I can't really overthink it, right? I was really nervous in the beginning. I'm pretty introverted, but uh, you know, after you make, you know, 10 calls, it's pretty easy. You just ask them if they want to sell their property or not.
1: Now, wait just a second. You're introverted and you're getting on the phone calling property owners that you have never met and you're asking them if they would consider an offer on their property. What made you do that? Because this is a huge, huge like mental block for a lot of people is they're just like, wait a second, I've been labeled as an introvert, I label myself as an introvert, I grew up and was called shy and all these other things for a long time, and we we live with these labels that are a hallucination, they truly are, we can... Uh, be anything that we want to be. And Nate's a perfect example of this, but what made you get past the first, you said 10, 10 calls it usually takes more, but 10 is perfect. How did you get through the first 10 calls? Were you pacing around? Were you like standing up? Were you listening to like Tony Robbins and getting totally excited. Or like, how did you, how did you mentally have enough confidence to, to press a call and um, have those conversations?
0: Yeah. I mean, mentally it's just, just because, you know, I'll go through the whole workday. I'm like, I do not want to do this. Right, the fear of me getting on the phone call, or the fear of me working. You know, this job I absolutely you know hate for the next next thirty years of my life. So that's that's what drove me, right? And I mean, I was nervous. I, I think I was shaking the first first phone call I had. But you know, after the first few, it's, it's really not that bad. So.
1: And how many people do you think you've talked to since then? Oh my
0: god, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably probably at least a couple thousand, few thousand. I. Yeah, I'd have to go back. And do you,
1: still feel, do you still feel those nerves?
0: No, no, I don't feel those nerves at all, right? It's now it's just like, I'm just having a conversation with someone you know, asking if they're considering an offer. It's, like, it's not that big of a deal, so.
1: That's it, and and listen, you know, there's a lot of people that start out in this business and they go, you know what, I want people to come to me. I want people to call me. It's gonna be a lot easier. They're gonna already want to sell their property. I'm not gonna be bothering people, all of these other things, and and that's great. The issue is it's very expensive. So if you have a huge budget, you can do that. But if you don't have a huge budget, and let's be honest, Nate, I mean, it's not like you're out there going crazy with your expenses, but you make $90,000. You know you only see 60 of it, right? Uh You know what I mean? A month, maybe less after everything's taken out of your checks. And so you're living there and you're getting... $4,500 4500 to $5,000 a month, maybe a little bit more, right, in your paychecks. And then you look at that and you go, "Oh, okay, well I have to save up, you know, 5 to 10 to $15,000 to be able to market, to get a deal." I mean, in Phoenix it costs uh, anywhere from $11 to $15,000 a deal to get a deal for marketing. In Cincinnati, I'm sure it's p- probably between $5 and $10,000 and there's no guarantee on it. Right? So what options do you have? You have to swallow that fear and build up that courage and call people, right? And just find those people that own the rough looking properties, call them up and and ask them, when do you plan on selling this? You know, would you consider an offer on this property? And so that that's what we need to do. Especially right now, right, Nate? I mean, how good is it when you see these properties after you sold it to somebody, they fixed it up, it's looking beautiful. Now the community looks better. Now all of a sudden, there's other investors wanting to sink money into these properties. Yeah, how do you feel about? Them? Yeah, no, it feels
0: good, and you're solving a problem for you know the seller, and you're solving a problem for the end buyer, right? They they need properties to flip and run their business, and then you know almost every seller I've dealt with, you know, it's been a situation where they needed to get out of there. And, that you know, you really do feel good after solving the problems for those owners.
1: That's awesome. It's incredible. I'm telling you, it's just incredible to watch. It's like dominoes. You know, you see one neighborhood that was considered rough or the bad neighborhood or whatever else, and somebody goes and invests twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars into a property there. And then all of a sudden somebody else does. And then somebody else does. And then all of a sudden it turns into the hip new cool area. And all of a sudden it's different. And that's because we went out there and we found them. I mean, it is so rewarding being the people that are on the ground, you know, face to face, knee to knee, belly to belly with these property owners. And then seeing from just having one conversation from a call to it getting totally fixed up and revitalizing the whole area. By the way, when prices in neighborhoods go up, property taxes go up. And when property taxes go up, that's when schools get better. That's when security gets better. That's when sanitation gets better. That's when the parks, called spaces, you can look it up. Look up the six S's of property taxes, and you can find all of the incredible things that happen because we went out there and had a conversation with a distressed property owner and solve that problem and turned it over to somebody that wanted to sink money in, into that community. It's incredible. It's incredible. So let's talk about a deal, Nate. Let's break down a deal that you have. Let's talk about something that's exciting, something that was like really sticks out in your mind that you want to break down here. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So first one I did this year after quitting my job, so it was driving for dollars lead, the cold call. So yeah, cold called her and she said basically her whole house or her brother was living in the house for, for 10 years. It was the house they grew up, grew up in, but her brother took over the property. just absolutely trashed it. But yeah, and, and it sat vacant for, I think, I think about a year. But yeah, got a hold of her. She said she was interested in selling. Said she didn't really have a price in mind, but an investor offered her like 30K. And she said since then, her brother ripped out the electrical box and everything. So I was like, well, I think, I, I honestly, I didn't even know how much that cost at the time. So I was like, you know, I think we'd probably be at 25. And she was like, Okay. But yeah, then I just set up an appointment. Is
1: this all on the phone, Nate? Or is this face-to-face? Did you meet her? Did you? Did she say, come and see the property? Like, where are you having these conversations? So
0: that whole conversation was over the phone. Okay. So I was able to get, you know, price, motivation, timeline, everything out of her right there. Condition? Like, yeah, condition, obviously. yeah, And yeah, then we set up an appointment for the next day. I was like, I just want to, you know, I'd, I'd like to walk through the property, you know, and see if that 25 still makes sense. And obviously I wanted to put her under contract right there. So yeah, I wasn't able to get get her under contract right there. She wanted, of course, her lawyer to look over the uh, the paperwork and everything. So it actually took me about a month to finally get her under contract. And he, of course, crossed through my whole contract, you know, everything. So actually, for this one, I ended up just buying it, sure, uh, right, and then I, I put it on the market. So and actually, I didn't have twenty five k at the time, so I had a few open zero uh, percent interest credit cards <laughs> and uh, there's some company that you can use to basically turn that into cash. Uh, real quick, so but there's um, what is
1: that company? Do you remember? Uh,
0: it? Yes, it's called Plastic uh, with a, a Q, so like P L A S T I Q.
1: So wait a second, wait a second. So you go there and you're having a great conversation. You're building a relationship with this property, and you present the offer, and she goes, "Well, hold up, I need to have my attorney review it." How did you feel when she said that?
0: Uh, my heart kind of sunk, but at the same time, I was like, "All right, it's like yeah, that's that's fine," you know. I, yeah, I'd feel more comfortable as long as if if you're comfortable, right? They're giving it to the attorney, right? I'd I'd want you to feel comfortable selling it to me. So I just said, yeah, it's fine. Just have him look it over and uh, get back to me as soon as you can. um, As soon as he gets, he gets to review it.
1: So he went in there and crossed out everything. It was basically like, buy it 25,000. You can't assign it. You can't do all, did they go through that whole thing?
0: Uh, It, it didn't, he, he didn't cross out anything about not assigning it, but uh, there's just, I think he crossed out some inspection periods and, and things like that. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, I, from the past deals I did, I was like, I think this, you know, there's no way that this won't sell for, you know, a profit.
1: Yeah, well, listen, you know, every time somebody wants to have, any one of the, the property owners that we talk to that wants their attorney to review it, and check it out, I am like, absolutely. Because here's the thing. When they have an attorney approve what's going on with the transaction, and then they can cross out or negotiate or whatever they want to do with the terms, they stay in that deal. There's no backing out for the seller if they feel good with what the attorney has told them. If the attorney's like, yeah, okay, great. This is what I would do. This is what I advise you to do, and go back to them and tell them this. And you agree to it? or negotiate to some sort of an agreement, they stay in it. They feel a hundred percent confident and they are ready to close. So I love it. I mean, when people, I remember the first couple of times when the seller said, well, I got to, I have to have my attorney review it. I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to get it. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to get this deal. Every single time we've gotten the deal. I've never had an attorney kill a deal. Never. I mean, never, ever. I mean, they might say, well, you can't assign it, or they might say, a lot of them don't even know what that is, mm-hmm. uh, which is shocking. Or they, again, they get rid of the inspection period or whatever else we, we say, okay, and we get it done. And oftentimes we'll either close it ourselves if we have to, or just assign it after they get everything agreed. It doesn't matter, but it's a, it's a good sign when they want to do that. Cause then they have supreme confidence that they're making the right decision. And um, that's awesome. So you got it for, did you still get it for 25?
0: So yeah, it ended up being more like 26 or 27, because he said she gets, I had to pay for like the property taxes and, and all kinds of stuff. Cause he, he marked the whole thing up and said, basically I'm paying for that as well. Right. So I think it was like more like 27,000 Okay, that that I ended up uh, closing on it with.
1: Awesome. 27,000. You bought it, you closed on it. You put it right back on the market. Did you fix it up? Did you clean it up? Did you have a junk crew go through it? Did you go through it?
0: I put a lock on the front door uh, and that was, that was it.
1: Like a lock box?
0: Yeah, just a lock or no, literally a, a lock. I didn't realize that it was uh, the, there was no lock on the front door. So we, I could have had buyers go walk through it uh, and everything, but I, I don't know. We were, it was like a month of uh, like lag time. So I've completely forgot that the, the property was just completely wide open. So yeah, I just, yeah. I just put a lock on it. That's, that's all like a $10 lock. And then yeah, put it on the market the next day.
1: And, how long did it take to sell and what'd you sell it for?
0: So we put it out for 75 and literally within like an hour or two, I think we got a full price offer uh, at 75,
1: 75,000. You bought, you bought it for 27 and some change. I assume with some closing costs in there and you put it on 75,000 and it sold in an hour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Literally like an hour. I think the agent called me
1: after the attorney reviewed it. Yeah. Yeah. And what'd you net on that deal?
0: I think we ended up netting around like 43,000.
1: $43,000 in Cincinnati on a property that he bought for $27,000. Nate, come on. That is incredible. Did you know it was worth that much?
0: I, I didn't. And that was, uh, that was one of the other reasons that I kind of wanted to, to just close on and put it on the market. So I was actually going to put it out to my buyers around like uh 55. So right, I'm glad that I, I had an agent, you know, Tell me what she thought it was worth and then then just put it on the market. So
1: Agents can be valuable.
0: Yeah, they can. And actually, I mean this one made
1: you twice as much, right? Yeah,
0: basically made me twice as much. And then that agent was uh, part of my first wholesale deal as well. So um just went back to her and in what way? Uh it was, it, it was a weird situation. So I was following up, you know, with the seller uh like off market. I thought she was gonna sell directly to me. Um and then you know, I didn't hear from her for two weeks and then an agent gave me a call. While I was on vacation and she's like, Do you still want to buy you know this this property? You've been talking to the, the seller for a couple months now. And I was like, Yeah, sure. Yeah, but like I can't go over like one twenty, I think I told her. And uh but yeah, she ended up just selling it directly to me and I wholesaled it to another guy in town.
1: I love but, it. I love it. Well, congratulations, Nate. That's incredible. When you got that, is that the biggest deal that you've done so far? That's the,
0: yeah, it's the biggest deal so far.
1: It, that breaks your brain. I mean, you know, it kind of goes to what I was saying before, when you do 45 and 52 and 45, you know, three straight months, you start looking at things differently. You start thinking differently about 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand. And it's like a mystery. I remember the first time I remember the first time that I did a deal for 42,000, broke my brain was shivering in the kitchen. You know, my, my wife was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. This is crazy. Like we had like $1,500 in our account and then it just turned into like, you know, over 40,000 in the account. And I was just like, this is real. This is incredible. And then I just kept looking for more and more and more. And you start doing bigger and bigger deals. And, and then, you know, in 2021, we're averaging over $50,000 each deal, a little bit different this year, a little bit lower, but, um, it's incredible. And I'm so happy for you, Nate. What's on the plan. What's the big goal. Is the big goal to own a bunch of properties? Is the big goal to be a developer, a bank? What do you want to do?
0: Yeah, the big goal is to own a bunch of properties, right? So I think the short term goal right now is just you know build out this wholesaling business. That's right. You know, do seven figures as as quickly as possible. I want to start cranking out hundred k months here next year. So, uh, but yeah, the long term goal probably five ten year goal, own like a thousand thousand doors. Go from there. I don't know.
1: A thousand doors. I love it, brother. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I just see people that have listened to this podcast, people that we've had the honor to have in, in the coaching programs, the different coaching programs go on and, and own just incredible amount of property because they built the foundation. They exactly what you just said, Nate, you know, with really four key main players in your, in your team, a lead manager, a junior acquisition manager, an acquisition manager and disposition manager, you can build a $2 million business. No doubt about it with four or five people and some other ancillary, um, you know, people making calls and doing texts and that type of thing. But um, this is an incredibly profitable business if you build it right. And when, when you get those incredible profits, you could go and buy these, these opportunities and buy into masterminds where people bring these opportunities only to the masterminds only to the network of people. And that's how people like get all these incredible deals with, you know, Two hundred doors here, five hundred doors there, fifty doors here. That's how you build all these things. It's 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 really not a mystery once you get to that point. But you build a foundation first. Build the business that's going to give you one the opportunity to go into real estate full time, and then two, really build cash a passive cash flow to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that you can then go invest in your future and your family's future. That's the plan of action. That's the route. That's the path for sure. So. Nate, I have no doubt that you will do it. Speak to people that are just starting up. Somebody that that maybe they're they're sitting there and they're introverts and they haven't made the they haven't called that first ten people. They haven't talked to two thousand people. You know what I mean? What advice would you give them to give them the confidence to start taking some action and start talking to people?
0: Yeah, I man. If if I could go back, I would try to find a coach and join join a mentorship program like Brent's as soon as possible. Right? Uh, you know, just just follow his roadmap. You know, he explains things, you know, so clearly and gives you the roadmap, you know, to start making money. And he helps give you the confidence, right? He, you have a full script there. You just follow the script, call, you know, yep. call the property owner, ask them if they
1: want to sell. I am not paying Nate to say that. No, <laughs> but it it is. I like cutting to the front of the line. You know, if somebody's already done something, I'm going to invest and get there and I'm going to get there faster. Uh, one, I want a community, but two, I also want uh, to skip to the front of the line. I don't want to make all the mistakes. So, Nate... So glad to have you on here. How can people reach out to you? People in Cincinnati, they want to connect with you, they want to JV with you, they want to give you money to go and do some amazing things, give them a great return. How do they connect with you?
0: Yeah, so the best way is probably uh Instagram or or email. So Instagram okay. is it's real five one three. and then email is real estate five one three at gmail.com.
1: Love it. Guys, reach out, send him a DM if his uh, story resonates. If you want to connect with somebody that's doing amazing things, that's a true go-giver in, in Cincinnati, in Ohio, uh, reach out. I mean, even if he's not, reach out. You can start a, a conversation over the phone. And uh, Nate is is always giving and always happy to help anybody out that's just starting out. All right? Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Thanks for being on here. Uh, Nate mentioned uh, the Driving for Dollars app, Deal Machine. We have an incredible relationship with Deal Machine. They give the uh, Wholesaling Inc. podcast and the Rhino Tribe the biggest discount that they offer. So make sure that you use the coupon code TTP, like talk to people when you check out. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate investing with the likes of incredible people like Nate, make sure you go to wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Uh, check out the incredible people and the testimonials in the community, all of the instruction that you get. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call and that's it. I will end this podcast as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time, guys. Love you. See ya.